What's happening, guys? Sam Adams here, and welcome to another episode of Cabinet. Today, for October the 1st, I cannot believe it is already October, but my name is Samuel Adams, and welcome to today's show. I hope you are doing very well, and for those that might be first-time viewers slash listeners, this is a gaming news podcast where I bring you the hottest gaming news from around the industry every single weekday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time right here on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media in a live format. However, if you happen to not be a fan of watching live, you can always check out the podcast or the VOD later on after the show has ended. But we always cover all of the hottest gaming news ranging from PlayStation to Xbox to Nintendo to industry news to brand new game announcements. Tons of stuff always comes down the pipe. But today, my friends, we have a very interesting story regarding Google. Yes, Google, the one that you search unless you know it for something else, which it could be known for. However, there is a brand new gaming project that I think is very interesting, especially if you are already a user of the Chrome browser. And if you're not, you might want to check it out after I tell you about this project. But on top of that, the developer of Destiny, otherwise known as Bungie, you might know them from their Halo fame, actually has filed a trademark for a brand new project. That story broke over the weekend, so we will be talking about that on today's show. Tencent is apparently not doing that well because share prices have continued to tumble and they have announced a restructure of the entire company, so we'll be talking about that as well. An assistant for the CEO of Gearbox allegedly stole millions from this individual, so we'll be discussing that as well. Loot boxes have been decided as not gambling in the Irish government's eyes. On top of that, Valve has removed 170 more trolling games from Steam, so we'll have a little discussion around that. Treyarch has some good news for fans of modding for Black Ops 4, and if you have a Twitch Prime subscription, number one, did you know you have a free sub if you do have Amazon Prime via Twitch Prime and you can drop it off on my channel. Just kidding. I'm not that much of a sellout, but you do have some free games waiting for you if you did want to jump in on the action. So we will be discussing that too. But for those that are just hanging out, I appreciate you being here. For those that are watching later, as I said, I appreciate you as well. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the first story of the day, which is Google's Project Stream, something that I discovered existed around 11 a.m. this morning, as many other people did as well. However, the main part of this story is that Assassin's Creed Origins is actually, or excuse me, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the brand new one, not last year's game, but the brand new game that actually launches tomorrow is playable in the Chrome browser. And that's something that is mind-boggling to me. I say that a lot, but this one truly is. However, this is a limited beta test that is going live on October the 5th. So according to Engadget, Project Stream promises to deliver the holy grail to video game fans around the globe. The ability to play the latest AAA games on any laptop or PC via a stable no-lag streaming service. Google is preparing to publicly test Project Stream with a limited number of participants on October the 5th, letting them play Assassin's Creed Odyssey for free in the Chrome browser. That's the latest game in the Assassin's Creed series, and it's a massive open-world adventure packed with 4K-capable graphics. Now, it's not going to be 4K in the browser if some early access to the project actually does kind of reveal some details. In a demo video, Google shows Assassin's Creed Odyssey streaming at 1080p and 60 frames per second. So, if all goes to plan, the game should work on any laptop or PC regardless of how recently you've updated the graphics card. However, Google recommends a home internet connection of at least 25 megabits per second. And for anyone interested in playing the new Assassin's Creed on the day it comes out for free in the Chrome browser, there is an application right there that you can fill out in the article which I have linked down below in the YouTube description. Google developers said the beta test is meant to push the limits of Project Stream. AAA video games are far more complicated to stream than a movie or a TV show or something like YouTube if you did want to put it in Google standards, offering dense worlds of animation and input-sensitive information. As you can imagine, any kind of lag is a really big pain, especially when you start playing some video games. 
Quote, the idea of streaming such graphically rich content that requires near-instant interaction between a game controller and the graphics on the screen poses a number of challenges, developers wrote. When streaming TV or movies, consumers are comfortable with a few seconds of buffering at the start, but streaming high-quality games requires latency measured in milliseconds with no graphic degradation. Rumors have been flying for months about a potential Google-branded streaming service. Initial reports that any such service would link up to Chromecast, allowing users to play AAA games on their TVs without modern consoles. There's also buzz about Google adding Bluetooth capabilities to the next version of Chromecast, opening up the door to connected gamepads, which could be pretty interesting if this project does in fact work out. But Google is not alone in the streaming game space. Sony has PlayStation Now, but it hasn't exactly solved the lag issue yet, while companies like OnLive have burst onto the scene with big streaming promises, only to quietly implode soon after. One of the latest companies to enter the scene is Liquid Sky, which has been fairly silent since officially launching in March of 2017. And of course, meanwhile, Microsoft is working on a game streaming service for for the next Xbox generation. And so, my friends, what you have here is the beginning of the future, which is streaming your games. For those that like physical purchases, don't worry, those aren't going to be going anywhere anytime soon, if my hunch is correct. However, for fans of digital games, that is in fact going to be the future, especially when it comes to something like Xbox Game Pass and PlayStation Now, and of course, this new service being provided by Google, combined with the ability to buy a subscription to these services to get access to the games. I am a big idea, or I'm a big proponent of this idea, rather, for having this as the future of how you actually get games. Of course, I understand the joy of being able to purchase your games and being able to have a collection, but still, this is a very affordable and economic way to go ahead and get some of the hottest games without having beefy hardware when it comes to your PC, or even something like a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox, excuse me, Oh god, I got choked. Or an Xbox One. I apologize. I promise that doesn't happen often. Uh, but when it comes down to it, very interesting to see the technology here. And of course, referencing the initial announcement that was made a couple of months back, or the initial leak and the uh, the rumors that have been circulating around this Google streaming project, I remember hearing something about a Google video game streaming service, and everybody initially thought this was something that was going to be competing with Twitch or Mixer. Uh, because whenever you think about video game streaming, that for a lot of people is the first thing that comes to mind. And so whenever you're thinking about that, uh, it's kind of shocking to see that it's actually going to be an actual video game streaming platform instead of a video game entertainment streaming platform where you have streamers streaming the games. Maybe that was just me. Maybe that was just my misunderstanding. However, I'm really grateful to see that Google is finally pushing the envelope here and really trying to make something new and exciting, especially considering how wide used or widely used Chrome actually is uh, when it comes to gaming browsers. I'm a big user of Firefox. I think Firefox is the best browser out there, but considering the amount of power and the amount of RAM that Google already uses for Chrome, why not go ahead and allow it to run a game? I mean, it's already using most of my RAM. That was a nerd joke. You'll get it if you're a big fat nerd. However, when it comes down to it, if you did want to check out Google's streaming service for the hottest game of the week, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, you, my friend, can check out the application in the article which I have linked down below, and I have applied, so hopefully I will get access to that, and I will be able to give you some hands-on info as to how it actually works, but I'm not going to be holding my breath. However, this is the first step in the direction of a streaming-centric kind of gaming industry, so we'll see how this goes, but definitely cool to see the technology beginning to be on par with people's desires. 
Moving on to the next story of the day, Destiny developer Bungie files trademark for a brand new project in the name of Matter. Bungie's fascination with single-word game titles will seemingly continue with its next big project. You may recall that Halo and Destiny creator Bungie signed a big deal with Chinese publisher NetEase back in June. The deal will see the studio receives over $100 million in funding, which will allow it to create its next project. The name of said project may have been outed by a brand new trademark registration. Bungie filed a trademark application with the European Union into Intellectual Property Office, or the EUIPO, because that's the most smooth-flowing name you'll hear all week, for Matter, which we assume is the studio's next big thing. The application was submitted very recently, last Friday, in fact, and of course, if you're watching the YouTube video or watching the stream, this is the logo for their next game, at least an early mock-up of it. I don't know if they'll stick with this, kind of gives me a Rage 2 vibe, if I'm being honest with you. However, that's a topic for another day. But Matter is listed under sections 9 and 41 for, quote, computer game software and internet entertainment services, respectively. The trademark filing was also accompanied by what appears to be a logo, or at least an early version of it. Of course, there's always the chance this is something completely and totally separate from Bungie's next major project, but it's unlikely given how the developer typically operates. It's also possible Bungie is trademarking the game's working title just to be safe, and the final product may end up with a different name. Whatever the case may be, we're likely a long way off from hearing about the game in any official capacity, and there is plenty of destiny to play until that time does come. And again, this story is coming to you from the guys over there at VG247 who do some absolutely fantastic work. So when it comes to Bungie, everybody is excited about what the future does hold. Because right now, Destiny 2 is, in my opinion, doing a fantastic work. It said they're all doing fantastic behind the scenes, ensuring that Destiny 2 continues to recover to the point where fans are satisfied, which in my opinion, they are right now. This is the most satisfied I've seen the Destiny community uh, since the original Destiny launched with some DLC. Uh, it really is doing a really fantastic job of kind of uh, saving face, if you will, and redeeming themselves. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Destiny 2, but when it comes to the next big project, I will say that everybody's got their eyes on Bungie because it certainly is a very interesting company overall, considering the success they've seen with both Halo and with Destiny. There is a ton to see when it comes to the the minds behind the scenes over there at Bungie. So, of course, we'll see what happens with Matter. As the article did say, there is no definitive information happening right now. There's no definitive release date, no gameplay, nothing along those lines, not even any kind of graphic mock-up of what the game could even potentially look like. So, we'll see what happens. But when it comes down to it, if you did want to learn more about Matter, we have at least the first little inkling of information about Bungie's next big project. And I, my friends, am very excited because I love, oh god, I love getting a good little game leak right there where people do some digging and they say this is the next big thing and then in three years we're playing Matter, it's going to be fantastically glorious. Cannot wait for that. However, for those that want to play games right now, Tencent is a hot name on the market, of course, kind of affiliated with PUBG and also the recently popular Ring of Elysium, I believe is what the game is actually called. Been enjoying watching that one on Twitch myself, but apparently these games and the affiliations that Tencent does have is not doing so well for the company overall because the share price is continuing to tumble and they have announced a restructure of the entire company. Of course, the internet giant has been hit hard amid bureaucratic lockdown of Chinese games market, where they are very much so more prominent as compared to the West. With its share price tumbling amid tightened government regulations around video games, Tencent has announced its first restructuring in six years. The Chinese government has not issued a single game license since March of 2018, slowing world's largest games market to a crawl. 
falling to single-digit growth for the first time in a decade. Again, that is single-digit growth since March of 2018, whenever they did crack down on issuing licenses for brand new games. As the leading social media and game publisher in China, Tencent has been hit particularly hard by the lockdown. The Chinese internet giant has seen $190 billion wiped from its market value this year. From a lifetime peak in January of HK $474.60, Tencent's share price has witnessed a protracted decline throughout 2018 and currently sits at $323.20 per share. According to a report from Reuters, Tencent management has opted to consolidate three content business groups to form a new group for cloud and and smart industries. Quote, Tencent will further explore the integration of social content and technology that is more suitable for future trends and promote the upgrade from consumer internet to industrial internet, the company said in a statement. In an effort to challenge its main rival, Alibaba, which recently supplanted Tencent as the dominant Chinese firm, the company is also looking to offer new services for its corporate clients. Additionally, Tencent said it will establish a technology committee focused on research and development, promoting collaboration and innovation. Described by Bloomberg as, quote, the most disappointing stock trade in the world this year, Tencent has been plagued by negative headlines chronicling its recent misfortunes. Things only worsened for the firm in August when it was forced to pull Monster Hunter World from sale in China, which was a big blow especially for that specific part of the world. Tencent has also hit some speed bumps internationally. Its chart-topping mobile game Arena of Valor failed to make an impact in the West, and the recently promised global launch of Wii game remains an enigma, with the firm even canceling press interviews with director Vito Wang at Gamescom this year. So, things aren't looking so hot for the boys over there at Tencent. Of course, to kind of break down the last part of that, uh, if you don't know what's going on with the Wii game, it was essentially a Tencent-centric competitors to Steam. It was essentially trying to be a platform where you could find all the content that you had, and so whenever you go up against something as big as Steam... It's just probably not going to take, especially in the West. And so when the Chinese market begins to fail, you end up having this kind of product that you've been pushing with no one there that actually wants to use it. Excuse me. It's time to take a sip of coffee. That was really good, actually. Fantastic. Oh. That was a nice little break there, wasn't it? A nice little moment to think about what I've been saying. Uh, But for those that are fans of Tencent, of course, I'm a fan of Tencent. If you guys didn't know, I think they make some fantastic work and they do some fantastic deals. It does seem like the future kind of sort of hangs in the balance. They aren't going to be going out of business anytime soon. I think they still have many, many assets uh, that are going to be bringing in money and they're going to be perfectly fine. But to be a world leader... I don't know, maybe not so much. So we'll see what happens again. As we've been discussing throughout the course of the past couple of weeks, the gaming industry is a constantly revolving cycle. It's always going through phases. It's always changing hands. People are in control. The next day, they're gone. Look at PUBG, for instance, on kind of a bare necessities level, if you will. PUBG was the king of Twitch streaming, the king of Mixer for a while, and really the dominant game in the entire industry. And now we've seen it kind of decline. Fortnite has risen. Now Fortnite is beginning to decline as well, and it seems like Call of Duty Black Ops 4 might actually regain uh, its standing, I guess, as the number one game in the world after Blackout does come out again. That's just my prediction. We'll see what happens with it. But that just proves my point that we do have a constantly revolving cycle with the gaming industry. And so Tencent is yet another cog in that cycle, if you will. So we'll see how it goes for the company. But overall, right now, not looking too good.
Not looking too good. However, speaking of a guy that's losing tons of money, personal assistant has allegedly stole millions from the Gearbox CEO. A Texas man is accused of stealing millions of dollars from Gearbox software CEO and co-founder Randy Pitchford and his wife Christy, according to Dallas News. Gearbox software is a video game publisher based in Frisco, Texas. It's perhaps best known for its first-person shooter franchises Borderlands and Duke Nukem. I would say more so Borderlands than Duke Nukem, but again, that's just me. John Wright Martin worked for the Pitchfords as a personal assistant. He started in 2014 and reportedly made $45,000 per year. He allegedly began charging personal expenses to his employer's American Express business account in early 2015. He bought designer clothes, jewelry, airfare, hotel stays, and more, and he even reportedly donated $10,000 of the Pitchford's money to the Trevor Project, a nonprofit organization focused on suicide prevention efforts among lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and questioning youth. Martin also allegedly forged Christy Pitchford's name on at least seven checks worth more than $73,000. She owns and operates a restaurant and coffee shop called Nerdvana? Oh, that's a good name, actually. I had to think about it. That's a really good name. Nerdvana Frisco. Authorities say the checks were written out to Martin and an artist friend who told them the money paid for several of his pieces. That friend was supposed to provide documentation to police, but cut off contact with detectives, Dallas News reports. The Pitchfords noticed something was wrong when they didn't have enough money to make payroll. By that time, Martin no longer worked for the couple and was pursuing his own interior design business. He promised to pay them back, but his first check for over half a million dollars actually ended up bouncing. And of course, for those that don't know, there's no money in the account, so the check doesn't go through. That's when you make a run for it. Just kidding. Don't even get yourself in that situation. However, Martin has reportedly been in and out of jail on various charges over the years, and the Pitchfords are not his only victims. He's now charged with felony theft and forgery. If convicted, he could face life in prison, but Martin's reportedly disappeared. He hasn't performed court-ordered community service for a recent drunk driving conviction, and he's missed multiple monthly check-ins with his supervision officer. Martin's attorney said he's innocent, but implied he didn't know where his client is and expressed concern for his well-being. Randy Pitchford estimates Martin stole at least $3 million total from him and his wife. We keep finding stuff, he told Dallas News. And that is where the story ends for right now. Uh, The first thing I want to make very clear is that although this man has done something that is really despicable and is not admirable in any way, shape, or form, I hope he's okay. Uh, That's what it comes down to. Nobody really deserves to have their life ripped away from them or to be forced into a bad situation, regardless of what choices they've made. I really do hope this dude comes out on top and he does end up revealing himself and maybe he went to Mexico or something where it's not a dreadful end of the whole conversation. Uh, But on top of that, I also hope he does get his just desserts because when it comes down to it, uh, you should never steal from anyone right out of the gate. Stealing is wrong. Uh, Even if this man is incredibly rich, incredibly wealthy, and he's been uh, well off for a very long time, it's not right uh, to write checks in somebody else's name. It's not right to use these funds that are simply not yours for, number one, personal expenses, but also giving it to other people, because then you rope them in to the situation in which you found yourself, and nobody deserves to be roped into a situation like this. Quite frankly, I think that's a terrible way to do business. I think it's a terrible way to be a personal assistant, uh, because you are being trusted with somebody's personal finances, and that, my friends, is absolutely ridiculous. So overall, I hope that Martin does end up getting out of the uh, getting out of the gutter, if you you will, and, uh, you know, picking himself up by his bootstraps because your life's never over, regardless of the mistakes you've made, regardless of any kind of choices you've made in the past that might be negative. You can always turn that around, and this man can do the very same. However, he does face potentially life in prison, so there is that. You gotta own up to that. But I'm glad that justice is appearing to at least start to take its course, and hopefully Randy Pitchford will get what is coming to him, or at least Martin will.
At least Martin will. But moving on to the next story of the day. Kind of a follow-up after a month of a discussion around loot boxes. But it has been found in the Irish government's eyes. Loot boxes do not fall under gaming or gambling legislation. Excuse me. Department of Justice backs away from the issue after co-signing declaration commending a blurring of lines between gaming and gambling. So this is a pretty interesting take on the entire situation. Of course, for those that haven't been following along with pretty much our bi-monthly saga of what's been going on with the loot boxes in gaming, essentially many, many companies around the world have decided that gaming and gambling are becoming kind of synonymous with one another, and now there's a line being drawn where loot boxes are in fact considered gambling in a lot of areas of the world. But let's see what GamesIndustry.biz does have to say about this entire situation with the Irish government. Despite joining 15 other countries and signing a declaration to unite against skins, gambling, and loot boxes, the Irish government has no plans to crack down on the practice. The declaration from the Gaming Regulators European Forum condemned the blurring of lines between gaming and gambling and was supported by international regulatory bodies from Washington State to Poland. Although the government is currently in the process of overhauling gambling legislation in Ireland, including the establishment of independent regulatory authority, Minister of State for the Department of Justice David Stanton indicated that loot boxes remain outside of his remit. Quote, the Department of Justice does not have a role to regulate game developers on how their games work, nor in the offering of in-game purchases, he told the Senate of Ireland. As reported by Irish Le- uh, Legal News, excuse me, Stanton argued that loot boxes, quote, fall within normal consumer law rather than gambling legislation. Where a game offers the possibility of placing a bet or the taking of a risk for financial reward within the game, then in my view it must be licensed as a gambling product, he said. However, it could be understood that if a game offers in-game purchases, be they loot boxes, skins, etc., which are promoted to gamers as increasing their chances of success, such purchases are essentially a commercial or e-commerce activity. And that is where they end. So right now, the Irish government seems to be on the side of the game developers and the game publishers, and that there is nothing wrong with a good loot box in their eyes. Again, there is a very fine line between what is considered gambling and what is considered just a part of the game where they can make an additional buck off of whoever wants to throw some more money their way. But in my opinion, when it comes down to it, I think the loot boxes are in fact gambling, but there are certain things like perhaps random skins uh, like you have with Overwatch. It's a very complicated situation that is pretty much on a case-by-case basis. Fortnite is not gambling because you can in fact just purchase in-game currency and buy whatever skins you want, but the randomization and that potential to roll something you don't need or the potential to get addicted to rolling something you don't need by using real-world money to buy in-game currency to then buy more rolls, that's whenever you start to kind of play around in a dangerous area. So again, it's still up for debate. It's still a worldwide discussion that is being had, but at the moment, Ireland does seem to be on the side of the game publisher and the game developer and that they are not, in fact, gambling when it comes to loot boxes. So again, the Sega continues, and we'll see how it continues to unfold over the course of the next few months, but I would imagine that more and more uh, government legislation is going to be discussed when it comes to the latter half of 2018 and even 2019 going forward. This story is not over, my friends. This story is just getting started. But moving on to a story about Valve, they have removed 170 more trolling games from Steam. And of course, trolling is in quotes because that is how they are accurately described. But this story is coming to us from Variety, and Valve removed over 170 games from its Steam storefront recently, plenty of which qualify as trolling titles as seen on the Steam database via PC Gamer. Not to worry if you've already purchased any of the 179 titles removed, your copy is safe. Of course, the vast majority of titles removed are probably not of concern to the larger Steam community, as it means less junk to wade through. These removals are in line with Valve's policy revealed in June to avoid policing. Excuse me, policy. Yeah, policing. Wow, nailed it. Cool. 
I'm not tired. Content other than that, which is legal or straight up trolling. That policy was enacted after controversy stirred over Active Shooter, an unreleased game that would depict and allow players to take part in a school shooting that was pulled from Steam in May. On September the 5th, Valve revealed some modifications to how users can find games and ignore games that aren't of any interest. It also revealed further along in a post why its trolling policy is so vague. Valve explained that many of the trolling games are more accurately described as game-shaped objects, meaning something that is just barely a functioning video game and would not qualify as good by the majority of people. Basically, the these game-shaped objects are not meant to be good games, but have more insidious purposes. Quote, some trolls are trying to scam folks out of their Steam inventory items, Valve wrote. Others are looking for a way to generate a small amount of money off of Steam through a series of schemes that revolve around how we let developers use Steam keys, and others are just trying to entice and sow Discord. Trolls are figuring out new ways to be loathsome as we write this, but the thing these folks have in common is that they aren't actually interested in good faith efforts to make and sell games to you or anyone else. When a developer motives uh, excuse me, when a developer's motives aren't that, they're probably a troll. And there you have it. That is what they have decided over there at Valve. They have taken action against 170 more of these trolling games. And in my opinion, that's absolutely fantastic for one specific reason. The Steam storefront is absolutely littered with utter garbage nine times out of ten. Now, that's not to say that the actual storefront, the home, if you will, is going to be promoting these types of games. But when it comes to a Steam sale, when it comes to something where you are exploring to try and find a brand new game, it is very hard whenever you're looking at smaller, more niche titles or even indie games to wade through the trash and find something that is actually a diamond in the rough. And so to eliminate more and more of these titles, it's just making the Steam storefront a better place because it's almost become a meme over the course of the past five to six years uh, where the store front has just gotten so bogged down and PlayStation Network is not out of the gate quite yet or out of the storm whatever you want to call it that was a Fortnite reference if you guys didn't get it uh, but essentially this is happening to PlayStation as well simply because they let pretty much anything pass these days and I think that stricter kind of restrictions should be enacted uh, on people that are trying to publish a game on Steam but then again you start shutting out those that might be one-man publishers might be one-man developers it's a very complicated tightrope to walk uh, but when it comes down to it I think the review Move these titles that have already proven to be troll games, that's perfectly fine. No one is going to be missing them whatsoever. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, but a funny little comment before we move on in my chat. A guy by the name of Bear says, I'll be making a return appearance in Red Dead 2. It's funny because his name is Bear. And there are bears in Red Dead 2. Red Dead 2 coming out October the 19th, I believe. Looking forward to that game. That date could be wrong, but it's right around there. You can tune back in for an episode of The Drop to learn when Red Dead 2 actually does launch. Another series that I do right here on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media. But speaking of Black Ops 4, a game that I myself am actually looking forward to, Treyarch has some good news for the modding community for Black Ops 4 on PC. Listen up, boys. Mods are coming in. Treyarch's PC community manager has responded to a request about the future of mod tools in the upcoming Call of Duty Black Ops 4, and it's good news for the community. Due to Call of Duty's underwhelming popularity on PC in past years, mod tools have never really been fully supported by the developers, but that could be all about to change with Black Ops 4. With an entire studio in Beanox being brought on board to focus entirely on the PC version of the game, plus the new Blackout Battle Royale mode, there is renewed optimism for the PC community about the release. As for mod tools specifically, however, Black 
Ops 3 did in fact embrace them somewhat, and there are plenty of examples of creative modders creating new maps and more with the tools that were available. But the potential for modding in Call of Duty was certainly never been fully realized, so fans are still eager to see what will chance for Black Ops 4. But when asked by a Twitter user what mod tools are looking like for Black Ops 4, Treyarch's dedicated PC-focused account, excuse me, Treyarch's dedicated PC-focused account, essentially what's happening here is you have the main Call of Duty account and then you have the PC account because they're a little bit extra apparently this time around. But they replied assuredly, quote, we've repeatedly com commented on our huge fandom for the mod community and it's something we'll be looking at but won't be at launch. So, essentially, while the launch window is ruled out, which is admittedly a, uh, excuse me, let me back up. I'm sorry. I'm very dry mouth today. You can make assumptions as to why that may be. But so while the launch window is ruled out, which is admittedly a completely und under undetermined, excuse me, period of time, modders should be optimistic to getting support from the devs a month or two down the line, or perhaps in early 2019. This will be of particular interest with Blackout coming too, as the potential for modding and custom games, should they be a feature in Blackout, could be massive. The only downside is that, of course, the features won't translate over to console, where the majority of COD's player base remains. But if interesting mods for the PC version are created it could encourage some console players to make the switch and that means my friends that you could be seeing some mods coming to black ops 4 on pc and potentially in my mind if somebody creates a mod that is absolutely mind-blowingly fantastic you could be seeing it come to console in some way shape or form they can work their magic. If we have crossplay between PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, and Nintendo Switch in 2018 via Fortnite, surely we can make some mods, make the transition over. I'm just saying, you could totally do that if you did want to do that. But when it comes down to it, for fans of the PC version of Call of Duty, this is looking to be the year that you jump back into the mix. Because right now, you are seeing the redemption of a game franchise when it comes to the PC version. The past games have not been that great. World War II is a step in the right direction. Black Ops 3, another step in the right direction, but still not where the gaming community needs it to be if it does want to thrive on PC. Of course, back whenever the original Modern Warfare came out, Call of Duty was big on PC. It was huge on PC. People loved it. People made montages. It was the place to be, on top of PlayStation 3, of course, and Xbox 360. But hopefully we'll see that kind of resurgence to where Black Ops 4 is big across every console, every PC version uh, of the game. It could be a really, really big deal, depending on how they do handle it over there behind the scenes at Activision and its affiliated companies that are also working with the developers to make this game. So we'll see what happens with it. Right now, I am very excited about the game. I loved the multiplayer beta and the time that I did spend with it. If I had to guess, I would say I'm probably going to be picking this one up on day one on PS4, just because I love the multiplayer of this game. Not Blackout. Make no mistake, not a big fan of Blackout, but when it comes to the classic multiplayer, very, very, very good game. And so, my friends, I'm very excited about this one. But if you want to learn more about it, again, every article for every episode of The Drop and Caffeinate, whoa, what, what show are we doing right now is linked down below on the YouTube video. But for those that want some free games, if you happen to have Twitch Prime, you can get some spooky favorites right now if you did want to log into your account. But according to a tweet via the official Twitch Prime account over there on Twitter, they say, and I quote, We're bringing some scare to Twitch Prime members in October. Your free games with Prime await you, and we can't wait to see your clips of getting scared. Now available are Darksiders Warmastered Edition, Soma, Sanitarium, and System Shock, and you can claim them all via the link on the official Twitter, or if you want to log in to Twitch on your 
browser. You can find the link up there in the top right-hand corner. There's a little Twitch Prime crown. You can click on that, and they will be redeemed on your account. Now, when it comes to this lineup, there are two games that stand out specifically to me. Of course, those would be Soma and Darksiders War Mastered Edition. Uh, for those that are fans of something along the lines of a combination of Dead Space and Resident Evil 7, Soma might be up your alley. If you want to check out something that's a little bit more hack and slashy, you can check out Darksiders War Mastered Edition, both of which I've played for a couple of minutes, but I'll probably dive back into them with, you know, October being the spooky scary month of the entire year. Pretty excited here. I will say, very interesting to see all the free games coming with Twitch Prime. But going back to the previous story, I did want to comment on a comment that we have in the chat. Every PUBG streamer I mod for is just waiting on COD, vowing to never return to PUBG dot 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 ever. Really interesting comment here because I've seen that a lot as well. Many, many people are excited about Blackout coming to Black Ops 4 because quite frankly, PUBG and even I would say Fortnite are going to be seeing a big hit whenever the new Call of Duty comes out and I think that they've done well enough with this year's entry between the multiplayer, the zombies, and Blackout that it could actually become the big Call of Duty game that we remember from, at least I remember, from my childhood. It could become the next big game that could be on top for a long, long time. Going to be very interesting to see how the streaming community ends up adopting this game. Very excited to see that as well. However, since I've been up since 4 o'clock this morning Eastern Time, I figured that we'll go ahead and wrap out the show there. But I hope you guys have enjoyed today's show. And if you did, be sure to follow me over there on Twitter at PrettyChillGuy to stay up to date when the show does go live. And I always go live right here on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media every single weekday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time to bring you the hottest gaming news of the day. And it is, without a doubt, the highlight of my day. And I also wanted to say, today is October the 1st. And so if you happen to have made it to the end of the show, whether you be listening on a podcast service, watching the VOD or hanging out with me live in the chat. I appreciate you guys hanging with me for yet another month of Caffeinate. Whenever I started this show in the middle of March, I never thought that it would become kind of a mainstay, foundational part of my channel, yet here we are, and I'm really thankful to have all the support, all the love, all the good vibes, all the discussion uh, around the games and the gaming news. It's literally the best part of my day and a big part of my life now, and so I appreciate you guys that have discovered the channel, that have been hanging out with me on episodes of Caffeinate, that have been just in general supportive and positive. Uh, it's really awesome to have a community that rallies around me like that and, and helps me achieve my goals and stuff. I mean, we're about to hit 1,500 subs. That's nuts. So if you have a friend that might be interested in this, by all means, share it with them. Tell people about the channel. I love having as many people here hanging out as possible. Uh, I just like to be the place you guys go to at the end of the day to get your gaming news and some good vibes. So again, I love you guys very much. Have a fantastic day, and I'll be back tomorrow for another episode of Caffeinate. But until then, have a fantastic night. Peace.